You know, we are starting a new series today out of 1 John uh, called Live Like Jesus. Live like Jesus. It's, you know, out of, out of all of the sermon titles that we could have and all the wonderful messages and character studies, we just finished a study on Noah, which I don't know if you got anything out of that, but uh, it really helped me to know that characters in the Bible are a lot like we are. You know, they just decided to follow God, you know, just decided to be obedient. Um, and so that helped me a lot. But out of all of the titles that we could have, uh, I think Live Like Jesus really sums it all up, doesn't it, uh, Jody and Sharon? You know, it really sums it up. Live like he lived. And in order to live like Jesus, we have to know how Jesus lived, how he walked, how he uh, lived on earth. And what we're going to do over the next few weeks is we're going to take a look at Jesus through the eyes of John. Right. And um, so we're going to talk today about knowing John's Jesus. All right. John walked with Jesus. And um, so just kind of look at Jesus through someone who was there and actually saw him in the flesh. Amen. So we're going to be out of first John. So if you have your Bible, you can turn over to first John. We're going to start right there in chapter one. And this first message in the series is out of 1 John. Obviously, it's written by the Apostle John. He wrote the book, the Gospel of John, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, and Revelation. All right. Uh, so he, he wrote all of those books, or the Holy Spirit wrote those books through him. And um, he was really writing this particular book to uh, a generation. I mean, those who were living at the time, but it really speaks to our generation and generations today. How to live like Jesus. How to live like Jesus. So, uh, I, you know, out of the New Testament, we know it has what, 27 chapters and probably two, over 200, uh, you know, well, has over, it has 27 books, over 200 chapters. I don't know how many thousands of verses. He wrote 50 chapters. 50 chapters came from John. We know that Paul wrote the most, but he wrote 50, 50 chapters, not 50 books, 50 chapters. Okay. And so, um, he, he had a lot to do with, uh, the doctrine of the New Testament. The Holy Spirit really used the apostle John. He really gave us a goal. Goal to live like Jesus. The goal is to live like Jesus. And I think as we go through this series, we're going to see that that may not mean exactly uh, what we think it means to live like Jesus. All right. You know, we have, especially those of you who have been around church for any amount of time, uh, we, we have our, uh, you know, what we think that means. When you say live like Jesus, oh, we have to love our neighbor as ourselves, And, you know, we think of some of the sayings uh, that Jesus said and, uh, you know, he prayed. And, you know, we think those are the things that we have to do. But when we really take a look into Jesus' life as he walked the earth, we'll find that it's quite a task to say, I want to live like Jesus. I mean, it's almost like saying paint like Rembrandt or, you know, dunk a basketball like LeBron James or, you know, sing like uh, who? Paganini. I don't know. Uh, you know, just just do that. Right. And, you, and you'd say, well, I can't do that's impossible. And so we may say that when we really say, I want to live like Jesus. But he gave us something that enables us, not something, someone that enables us to live just like he lived when he walked the earth. And that is the Holy Spirit. 
There was the outpouring of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. And now we have the power to live just like Jesus lived when he walked the earth. Now, Jesus, he did a lot of practical things. He loved people. He forgave. You know, he did all of those things. Jesus also cast out demons and he opened blind eyes and he walked on water and he did all of these things. And, and we say, well, that, we're not talking about that part. We're just talking about, no, no, no. It says live like Jesus lived. Live like Jesus lived. And so now you can begin to see that, oh, wait a minute. Hang on a second. If I'm, I'm going to live like Jesus, this is a much more daunting task uh, than I first thought. Okay, live like Jesus. Not just the parts that you choose, all right, but the parts uh, of his life uh, that are all-encompassing. That's what he's asking of us. Everything save the cross. Everything except the cross. That he did for us, and that is something we do not have to do. He took the cross for us, which is why we should be so thankful. So this high and lofty target, we're going to see how to live like Jesus. And our verse, our base verse for today is, is verse 6 out of 1 John. But I'm just going to read from uh, the beginning of 1 John, if that's okay, right on down through verse 6, okay? So 1 John Beginning at verse 1, the Bible says this, and I'm reading out of the New King James Version, and you may have a different version, but we'll get to the same place together. It says, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. The life was manifested, and we have seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life, which was with the Father, and was manifested to us, that which we have seen and heard, we declare to you, that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And these things we write to you that your joy may be full. Verse 5, this is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. Verse 6, if we say, and this is it right here, if we say that we have fellowship with him, we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. If we say that we have fellowship with him, if we say that we have fellowship with him, the New King James Version says, and walk in darkness, we lie and we have no truth in us. The Good News Translation puts it this way, says if we say that we remain in union with God, we should live just as Jesus Christ did. The, the ISV says, International Standard Version says, the one who says that he abides in him must live, listen to this now, must live the same way he himself lived. There, there, there's, no, there's no wiggle room there. There's no wiggle room in this translation. If you say that you abide in him, if you say that you know him, then you must live the same way that he lived. The New Living Translation puts it this way. Those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. And then the NCV, whoever says that he lives in God must, must, must live as Jesus lived. The word must is in there. We have to do it. We have to reach for it. We must live like Jesus lived. This whole thing 
You can look at uh, the Gospel of John back in chapter 15, and this upper room discourse that he gives in his Gospel is really the seed plot from which all of these ideas come, this lofty idea of living like Jesus, the vine branch relationship. I am the vine. You are the branches. How are we connected, right? It's the miracle that we receive the Holy Spirit that allows us to live like Jesus and abide in him. For without Jesus, we can do nothing. That's what we have to realize. Without him, we can do and we are nothing. Even those that don't realize it, even those that take him for granted, even those that would turn their back on him, even those that don't believe, and think it's a fantasy to believe that there is some all-knowing being somewhere out there. That's how they put it. Even those that believe that, he died for them on the cross. You know, the Bible says in Romans, while you were yet sinners. That means while you weren't even thinking about him, while you were going about your day, while you didn't even know. You know, there were people that walked the earth at that time that didn't even know that there was a Jesus let alone know that they needed salvation. I've never heard of Jesus. I didn't know that there was a Jesus. Uh, you know, I have my own thing going, yet he died for them. They didn't even know it. They didn't even realize it. And so today, I just want to look at three themes from the Gospel of John. Three main themes from the Gospel of John. The theme number one that we get out of this is that God is light. Now, you, you notice how John puts these things. He doesn't say that God emits light or God has a flashlight or God knows about light or God made some fire to bring light or God turned on the, the, the you know, the, the, he, he turned on the switch so that there would be light. He says God is light. Do you realize that if you go back to Genesis, and you read there, and you see right from the beginning uh, how, you know, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was void and without form. And before it says that God created the sun, before he created stars, before he created the moon, he said what? Let there be light. No sun, no moon, no electricity, none of that. Then what is the light? The light is the revelation of God. He's revealing himself to the universe. That is the light. You know, Psalm, I believe it's Psalm 36, 9, says this, and this is important. You might want to jot this down. It says this, in thy light, we see light. In your light, we see light. See, we don't even see light without the revelation of God. God doesn't allow us to see it, we don't see it. It was kind of like when Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. He's not a kind of truth. He's not one of the ways to the truth. He is the truth. Any truth there is leads back to Jesus. Any truth. I don't care what truth it is. The truth that the grass is green leads back to God. Anything that's discovered by science that is a truth leads back to to Jesus because he said, I am the truth. John said, God is light. He is light. When there's no other way to see, God is light. 
See, we must understand, especially us as Christians, that the way we are to live our life is in the light of God. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. See, this is how we are to walk in the revelation of God. That's what we're talking about. What are we talking about? We're talking about the revelation. God gives us revelation. And, and to some, it sounds spooky and it sounds spiritual. But I want to tell you this morning that it's a very practical thing. It's, it's very, very simple. It, we make it so spooky and so spiritual and so complicated. And God is simply saying that I am the creator of all things. There was nothing. There was nothing. And if there was a big bang, I'm the one who said, bang. There was nothing. Everything comes from me. And what will really bake your noodle is Everything comes from me, even Satan, even Lucifer. Everything came from God. Now, I know you want to start asking questions about that. We'll talk about that a different day. We, for now, we see through a glass darkly, but then we shall see face to face. When you want to know why God did all the things that he did. You see, we, we, can't, we, we can't understand things without revelation from God. That's the way we have to live our life. We must pray and ask the Lord. And get a revelation, get an understanding from God. That's the way he wants us to live. Why? Because God is light. And that's what John saw when he saw Jesus. See, that's a little different perspective. Everyone else is amazed. Wow, he healed the blind man. Wow, he talks so eloquently. I can't believe that he went to the temple and got up and took the scroll and just started talking. What kind of a guy is that? Isn't this the carpenter's son? You see so many things about Jesus and his life and maybe what he looked like or maybe his hair or, you know, his family or did he have a sense of humor? All of these things. But John, John saw something different. He looked at Jesus and said, wow, look at, look at cuz. God is light. This man has revelation that I never knew. I could never get it. I could never get it. Now we begin to understand what Jesus meant when he asked the disciples, who do, you, who do men say that I am? Okay, well, who do you say that I am? And Peter said, you are the Messiah. Now we can understand what, what, what John was seeing there when Jesus said, this was not given to you by flesh and blood. In other words, you weren't taught this in the synagogue, and that's how you understand it. Maybe someone said it, but that's not your understanding didn't come from teaching and reading the scrolls. This came from my Father in heaven. This was revealed to you. You are Peter, but and upon this rock. What rock? Not the man Peter, but the fact that he had a revelation that Jesus is the Messiah. Upon this revelation, I will build my church. There is no church without the revelation that Jesus is the Messiah. That's why I say it so many times and I'll repeat it. I'll repeat it till I'm blue in the face. It is ridiculous to say that you're a church without Jesus. To call your church anything other than a Jesus church, it can't, it's an oxymoron. Because he is the one who invented the church. And there is no church without him. He is, he is, he is, he is. Upon this revelation, I will build my church. So John understood that God is light. And then he, God understood this. I mean, John understood this. Through Jesus, 
that God is love. Again, here we are. Oh, he doesn't just love. Oh, God loves me. Jesus loves me. This I know. How? For the Bible tells me so. But John saw something different. He didn't just see Jesus bringing Lazarus back to life and say, oh, what love he had for his brother Lazarus. Oh, he really displays love. He healed the blind. He cast those demons out and sent them into pigs. Oh, he really loved that boy. Oh, he, Jesus wept. I can't believe he cried when they told him that Lazarus died. Boy, he really, he really loves. But see, John, John saw something a little different. He saw further because he already knew that God is light and there's revelation here to be had. See, there, it's, it, there's no, it, it's not a coincidence that John, the apostle John, wrote the book of Revelation. Because he understood it. He understood, listen, everything else must go away so that I can get revelation first. Then I can live my life. Revelation first. This is how he knew. And he said, Jesus doesn't just love. All of you guys see Jesus and you see how he loves. Oh, how he loves you and me. But John said, no, 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 no. There's something deeper than just Jesus loves. Jesus, God, is love. That is who he is. It is who he is. He doesn't just love. He is love. He is love. And if we want to be like Jesus, we're going to have to be like that. There's a verse in Ephesians chapter 5, and I want to read it to you from the message version because... The message version puts it so eloquently. I know I've read this before too. Ephesians 5, 1 and 2. You get a chance sometime, read it from the message version. But just listen. Just listen to what it says. Please take this in for a moment. You've heard it. You've heard it before. But just for a moment here, take it in again. Take it in again, okay? Here's, here's, how, here's how Paul describes God's love and how we should relate to it. Ephesians 5, chapter, verse 1 says... Watch what God does. Then you do it. Like children who learn proper behavior from their parents. Mostly what God does is love you. Keep company with him and learn a life of love. Observe. This is what John did. Observe how Christ loved us. Now, here's, here's, here, here's where it gets real, real, real. His love was not cautious. In other words, he wasn't like we are. I, 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 I can be this way. He wasn't like we are. Well, I, you know, I kind of love that person, but I got burned before. I got offended before. I, you know, I put my heart on my sleeve and I, I really gave of myself and I shared, uh, you know, some intimate details about myself and, and, and I got hurt. And so I'm going to love cautiously. But Paul said in Ephesians, his love was not cautious. Now, wait a minute. I thought you said you wanted to be like Jesus. I'm just reminding you, we're talking about live like Jesus. His love was not cautious, but extravagant. 
extravagant. You know, extravagant. I, the young people have a, a term, at least my kids do. You know, sometimes when I'm acting silly and telling dad jokes and doing all these things, they say, dad, you are so extra. It took me the longest time to understand what they were talking about. I was so extra. And when I think about God, he is so extra. He is so extra. Listen, I don't know. I don't know if there are beings on other planets. I have no idea. I mean, you guys can argue that. I, I won't argue that because there's no way to be proven, right? So uh, you can argue all that. I don't know if there are or not. I don't know. I don't know how many galaxies there are. I don't know how many stars there are. You know, we can go by what science thinks that they know, you know, from the Hubble telescope and all of these things. I don't know how many uh, planets. I don't know how big the universe. I don't know all of that stuff. I just know it's big. I was looking at something yesterday. I don't even know how I got on this, but we were looking at planets and, and talking about how far they are from the sun. I don't know. We were joking around with something and, and trying to remember all the planets. Uh, yeah, I know. Weird. I have no idea why we were even on that subject. But, uh, the, you know, they had this model of the planets and this model of the sun and, and Mer Mercury and Venus and then Earth and then Jupiter. And Earth was like this big compared to a sun that was this big. You remember this from science class? Come on, guys, y'all remember this kind of stuff. And Earth was this little. And so 8 billion people of us live on this, and the sun in our solar system is this big, and that's only one solar system. How many galaxies or whatever? How many are there? I don't know. I'm trying to get you to understand that God is extra. Okay? He did all of this. You made a whole universe full of planets and gases and, and stars and white dwarf stars and these kind of stars and neon, whatever, all of this stuff. And if we're the only ones in the universe, if we are, he's extra. God's just a little extra. Come on. That's the way he is. See, God's about multiplication, not division and, and not, not addition. He, God's about multiplication. He's huge. I love that phrase that God is not out in the universe. The universe is in God. That's the God we serve. He's extra. And now when we understand that now, God is love. You don't think his love is extra? But wait a minute. I thought you said you wanted to be like Jesus. Then your love has to be extra. Your love has to be extra. Your belief in God has to be extra. That's why people call us crazy. Because you're extra. <laughs> you are extra. And the reason why you're extra is because God is extra. He's extra, man. He's way over the top. Come on. He's way over the top. He, his love was not cautious but extravagant. Watch, I'm not even finished with this verse. He didn't love in order to get something from us, but to give everything of himself to us. Wait a minute. I thought you said you wanted to live like Jesus. He didn't love in order to get something from us, but to give everything of himself to us. And then Paul ends verse two in the message version. It says this, love like that. Woo! You, you, you said all of that. And then you said, love like that. Now love like that. Love like that. That's what Paul is telling us. That's what Jesus is telling us. Now, you might not get there overnight. You're not going to get there overnight. 
But you have the Holy Spirit, which means you have the capacity, meaning that if God is light and God is love, you have the capacity to be that as well. And then we understand from Genesis chapter 2, I believe right around verse 7, right around verse 7, that God is life. God is life. Does God give life? Sure. But that's a, that's a part of it. That's a part of it. Does God love life? I'm sure he does. Does God live life? Well, yeah, he's a living God. But John understood through Jesus. He said, wait a minute. Hold on a second. He, he, he just doesn't give life. He, he resurrected Lazarus. He is life. See, you can't give something that you don't have. When we're talking about these kind of things. When we're talking about light, when we're talking about love, when we're talking about life, you can't give something that you don't have. So God is life. The Bible says in Genesis that he, he formed man. And by the way, when he formed man, mankind, woman was in there. He, he, formed, he formed Adam, man, out of the dust of the ground. And then he, what, breathed the breath of life in him. And he became, he became, he became a living soul, a living being. So for us as Christians, when you're born again, that same thing happens. The Holy Spirit, the pneuma, the breath of God comes in you and fills you and makes alive that which was dead. See, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new, new from the pneuma of God. He is our life. God is our life. Earlier, we heard that uh, we have to make Jesus first during our communion time. This puts a new perspective on that. We have to make Jesus first. What does that mean? God has to be first. What does that mean? Jesus has to be first in our life. I believe John is putting a new perspective on it for us. Does it mean that I have to get up and uh, read a couple of passages of scripture? I, I think that would be great. I think we should do that. We should absolutely do that. Does that mean that I have to uh, get up in the morning and, and, and spend some time in prayer? Yes, I, I think that that would be a good thing. I think that that would be a good thing. But I think those two things by themselves don't make you like God. They don't make you like God. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't do them. Absolutely. How do you think you get revelation? You have to spend some time with God. But they don't make you like God. We have to study the life of Jesus. All of it. And we can't pick and choose. We have to understand that he was talked about. That he was spat upon. I'm not telling you that you're going to be spat upon. But what I'm telling you is he was offended. All right. He was embarrassed. I don't know if he, if he felt embarrassed, but they, people certainly tried to embarrass him. He was all of those things. But can I tell you also that he walked on water and that he cast out demons and that he healed blind eyes 
and that he loved not cautiously, but extravagantly, and that he forgave time and time and time and time and time and time again. I know it's very quiet. I understand it <laughs> because we, we want to listen. Jesus is saying all of me take all of me. What is Jesus? Jesus is an overcomer. Jesus overcame the cross. He overcame death, hell, and the grave. So when we say we want to be like Jesus, don't just sing, I'm coming up on the rough side of the mountain. Sing, I am an overcomer. Sing, I am more than a conqueror. Yes, though he slay me, I will still trust in him. Why? Because he's given me the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, listen, Jesus said when he was on the mountain ready to ascend. And he said, I'm going to leave you to it, guys. I'm going to leave you to it. Go to Jerusalem. Wait for the Holy Spirit. But this is what he said. He said, all power. How much is left out of all? None. That's all of it. All power has been given to me. And in case you don't understand what all means, that is in heaven and on earth. All power has been given to me. Now I leave you my body. You are my body. I leave you here on earth. And I will be in heaven. Do you see that we are part of the body of Christ? That we are part of that all power. Now we don't do anything without the head. Your body doesn't do anything. Even if you don't realize it. Everything you do you've thought about first. So your brain has sent some signal to your body to do. We know that. So we don't do anything without the head. I'm not talking about going above God. God forbid. It's not what I'm talking about. But I'm saying that you are part, you are connected to the all power. All power has been given to me in heaven and in earth. And so think about that the next time you say, I want to live like Jesus and I want to be like Jesus. For there is nothing else. Here's what I'm trying to get you to see as we, we, we kick this series off this morning. As we talk about John's Jesus and how John saw Jesus through his eyes, here's what we have to understand. Everything else for us has got to begin to fade away. It's not that it's not important and it's not that it will go away, but it's got to fade away. And we've got to see Jesus for who he is. We must get revelation. In thy light, I will see light. We must see Jesus for who he is. Then we can understand who we are. If you've given your life to Jesus, now you can understand who you are. Now you understand the power that God has given you. And how if we follow the head, there is nothing, nothing impossible for us. With man it is impossible but with God, all things are possible. So we're going to be talking about this, knowing John's Jesus over the next few weeks.